Welcome to the Bucky Cast, folks. This is John along with Will. Welcome to another episode of the Bucky Cast. Will, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a it's been an interesting two weeks since our last episode. We'll just say that, but I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, uh, I'm doing uh, I'm doing okay, uh, folks. For those who don't ob- obviously know, we did not record an episode last week mainly because. We could not find a uh, a time to record one. <laughs> uh, we're all family men now. It was like so a perfect storm. Just it just yeah. Everyone, no one had a night available, and you can't record if you can't sit down and actually get on a mic. So, so we're gonna make up for it today. And we're only two of us. Rob is a busy, busy guy and could not make it. We will we will miss his uh, his research abilities tonight. If anything comes up where we have a question, we're just going to be completely helpless. So anyway, uh, we'll start off. We'll uh, do the uh, beer roundtable. I wasn't going to do it this week. Um, feeling a little under the weather, but I decided. You know what? You can't bust up a tradition. Man of the people. I I am. I, I'm willing to take this bullet. Uh, will we'll start with you. What are you drinking tonight? I get kind of a tried and true here. I got a Latham Brewery, the IPA in the Pale Ale. It's it's a classic. It's a little, <laughs> yeah, it's a little, um, what's the word? Is savory the right word? No. Um, He's taking another sip, folks. Fresher, maybe probably better. It's it's fresher than I remember. It's, it's a good beer. Um, Lakefront doesn't mess with many, and this is a good one. I uh, I did my standard uh, quick trip run because I didn't really have time to shop for beer in the last uh, week. And so I ran down there and decided to just uh, go with an old standard as well. Uh, Kugel's Toasted Bach. Good old Toasted Bach. Uh, this is not... I'm, okay, I'm throwing lineys under the bus here a little bit. Uh, this is not my favorite Bach. Um, I've had better ones. That being said, you know, I, I don't expect Wine and Kugels to invent, you know, a gold medal winning beer, especially a, a, a winter standard like the Bach. So um, it does have that slight toasted nutty flavor to it. But in my opinion, it's not very flavorful. And so it just it just sort of comes off as weak. And Bachs aren't something that you want to drink if you aren't getting a lot of flavor out of it. They're a little bit heavier of a beer. So, um, yeah, it just sort of, if it's not got a lot of flavor to it, you just sort of wind up with a pit in your stomach, but I'm still sipping on it. I'll make it work. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to cover. Obviously we've gone two weeks without, uh, broadcasting. So a lot of stuff has happened in that meantime, let's get right into it. And we're going to start off with our number three, uh, Wisconsin women's volleyball team. Cruising, cruising through the Big Ten schedule. Uh, in the last two weeks, they have had three sweeps, uh, beating Illinois two weeks ago, and then last week taking out Rutgers and Maryland. Actually, just this last weekend, uh, they also had a unusually tough match with Indiana. Um, it really, uh, really came down to the end of the fourth set, and they had to come back. I think from eight down. So um, three, they got a 3-1 match victory there. This week's 
coming up um, is not going to be as tough as the week after that, but it's still fairly tough. Um, they've got at Rutgers on Friday. Wait, Friday? Yeah, it's Friday. Friday night, and then on Saturday, they take on Penn State in State College. Um, Penn State is obviously a ranked team. They're going to end their season with three road games against three ranked teams. Penn State's tough. Uh, they took Ohio State to the limit though, uh, in a match I watched on TV on the Big Ten Network. And so uh, Ohio State wound up winning that, but it was a five-set win. I'm hoping Wisconsin can have uh, a similar or greater success than Ohio State. This will really be a show-me kind of match. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. I know uh, we're hoping to get... We're hoping to get Carolyn Crawford back in the middle. Uh, I know she's been injured. Uh, Anna Smrek's been filling in there and actually doing a pretty good job. Anna's been troubled by injuries, specifically stress fractures. Has had very a very quiet sophomore season, but we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, so that's what's been happening with uh, women's volleyball. Uh, they did also sign a recruit. Um, a couple weeks ago, there was a national signing day for non-football players. And we'll talk more about that as we go through the show. There's some other, other stuff that went on. But um, they did sign Sage Damro out of Howard's Grove, with Howard's Grove um, Illinois. I, I'm actually 99% sure it's Howard Grove, Wisconsin. I, I looked it up because that's a city out by Sheboygan. Is it Howard's Grove, Wisconsin? I'm looking it up on UW Badgers right now. This is when we yep. miss Rob. It is from Howard's, Howard's Grove, Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. I had a handful of friends in the marching band from there. Will's marching band knowledge, once again, trumps my uh, research abilities. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, ranked the number two Liber Libero uh, defensive specialist in the country. So right. Who would have thought? I'm, Howard's Grove. Cool. Great town. Sorry. Keep, continue, continue, continue. <laughs> this this uh, broadcast of the uh, Howard's Grove uh, Board of Commerce <laughs> is uh, brought to you. No, never mind. Um, so uh, Sage Damro, uh, top recruit, Wisconsin. Like I said, like I've always said, now recently in women's volleyball, recruits like their Alabama. And so pulling in the number two libero is pretty good. Moving on, let's talk, let's, let's finish off um, soccer talk. Uh, we were going to do that uh, last week because the seasons are officially over for both the men's and women's soccer team. Um, men's soccer lost in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Um, they actually fought Rutgers to a tie, but then on, they lost 5-4 on penalty kicks. So by the slimmest of margins, they did not advance. But they had a solid first year for head coach Neil Jones. Really uh, Will, finished well, too. I, yeah, they did, they did kind finish of, on a high note. Yeah, watch, watching some of their games down the season, they, it, from our perspective, it, it looks like they, they, they fought down the road. So that was good to see. So we'll see if that pays off for them next year. They've got, I believe, five new uh, freshmen coming in next year. Nice. So I would have I would have looked up all their information, but folks, it's been a wild two weeks, and uh, we don't we don't want to I don't want to screw it up like I did with Sage Damro. So 
women's soccer also did not get an NCAA tournament invite. Uh, Emma Jaskinick was named the uh, Big Ten Midfielder of the Year. So that's actually pretty good. Uh, she was the team's one. I think she was the team's leading scorer when she got hurt. So um, Wisconsin actually a good a good run in the uh, in the Big Ten this year, but just short of getting into the tournament. Probably you know needed to win a match or two additionally to get in there. Moving on to the number three women's hockey program, who have been on a break for the last two weeks. Just like Ross and Rachel on Friends, they were on a break. And uh, in the meantime, Carolyn Harvey, uh, true freshman, has been named uh, National Rookie of the Month for October, both by the WC, or I'm sorry, Rookie of the Month for WCHA and National Rookie of the Month by the um, NCA. So good work, Carolyn. Uh, they have an upcoming border battle matchup with the Golden Gophers at Laban, it's sold out both, both games. Um, that should be pretty epic. Minnesota's number one, Wisconsin number three. So this is, this is going to be a, a, a hot ticket. And uh, that should be on Big Tech Network. It should be. It should be. Um, there's nothing that quite says um, uh, rivalry quite like um, – men's and women's hockey, Wisconsin versus Minnesota. Mm -hmm. These are teams that don't like each other. There's oftentimes players from the opposite state on each team. So it's, these are usually pretty bloody and I'm just hoping, honestly, you kind of hope for a split right now. Um, but I would, I would take a sweep. I'm not going to refuse it. A two game sweep of us is, is not acceptable. I simply won't accept losing the border battle. But we'll cover that when we when we get around to it. We'll have a show next week. I swear to God, folks. We will. Um, the men's hockey program, which I've practically disowned, uh, they did manage to sweep Long Island University um, in two way closer games than they should have been uh, last weekend. And, uh, you know, they're, they're only four and eight. They're 0 and 6 in the Big Ten. Uh, they get to play this weekend against Lindenwood. Uh, Do you know where that is? What? Do you know where that is? Lindenwood? I think it's in New York. We just played Lindenwood, the women's hockey team. Did. Oh, okay. So at the beginning of the year, I think that's who they played. When I wrote it down, I didn't let myself like look it up because I, <laughs> I wanted to see if you knew. But... It's out east. Okay. It's out east, just like Long Island University. So hopefully the Badgers can come up with another uh, sweep there and actually crawl closer to 500 again <clears throat> but you know i'm not i'm not holding out a great deal of hope it wouldn't shock me if they if they split the series um it's yeah it's bad times in the men's hockey program when we're talking about hey we we snuck by long island university Woo! <sighs> all right let's move on to women's basketball uh the women's basketball team now three and one uh, they uh, actually lost to Kansas State in the um, in what what were we calling that Milwaukee the Brew the, City the, Battle wasn't the it the Brew City Battle yes they they lost to Kansas State by double digits but um, they did they did put up a pretty good fight it wasn't until sometime in the second half that Kansas State really put that game away uh, but they've 
also scored three wins, including tonight. They had an absolutely dominant 103 to 49 win over Bradley. Um, this team is scoring. You, yeah, they, they like, scored a ton. Some of their opponents aren't that great, but this team is putting points up. Even the loss of Kansas State, I think they had 68 or 66, I think. 63, I thought. 63, okay. It's in the 60s. Like, you know, they aren't, which, they aren't getting crushed. <laughs> that, was, that was all too yeah, common. Like, this uh this team can put some points up. This is gonna be a fun, fun team to keep track of this year. Yep, they are playing uh Illinois at Illinois State coming up on Sunday, I believe. Yeah. Other sports, um, the men's and women's cross country teams. This is important, folks. Uh men's cross country took first place at the big championships. So they also finished first at the Great Lakes Regional. And they're on their way to the NCAA national tournament. Um, the women are also on their way. They finished third at the big championships. And uh, I think they finished like sixth at the Great Lakes Regional. Don't, don't quote me on that one. I want to say, I, and unfortunately, I don't have it right here in front of me. I believe one of the Badger runners was um, for the men's team finished first overall either at the big championships or in the Great Lakes Regional. Because he came away with, from that with a medal. I think you're right. I remember, I thought I could have sworn I remember seeing a tweet with someone finishing the finish line or crossing the finish line first. I should have written that down, but I won't I mean, be surprised they did. That's like, big time. You know, oh, yeah. cross country is, you're, you're competing against dozens of other people. It's not like, you know, hey, one team takes home, well, one team does take home the gold, but uh, when you're like an individual athlete and you're in a, a field, a sport like track and field or cross country to win the whole thing is like Say a major something. accomplishment. So anyway, good luck to um, our men's and women's cross country teams at nationals. <sighs> now we move on to men's basketball. Don't worry. There's going to be a football segment. We're just building our way to it. Um. First of all, uh, for men's basketball, um, they start, they've started the season 3-0. And they obviously, we talked about the win over South Dakota State. Uh, they did, in the Bruce City battle, uh, no one knew what to expect against Stanford because they were giving up a lot of height. Stanford had several players who were 6'8 or taller, and Wisconsin doesn't have very many bigs this year. And Wisconsin was just tough and gritty and just played lockdown defense as best they could against a bigger lineup and actually emerged with a double digit win over Stanford, which was not the expectation, mm. at least not the one I had. And so that was like a major victory this last weekend. And then they turned right around and last night just laid an egg against UW green Bay. Uh, they won and they won by double digits, I think, but it was barely by double digits and Wisconsin was awful shooting the basketball uh their top three of Stephen Crowell's Chucky Hepburn and Tyler Wall I think they were at one point in the game they were three for 22 I don't even know how they finished up but they could not hit the broadside of a barn uh they missed a lot of gimmies right at the rim I saw I saw Stephen Crowell actually throw up an air ball uh standing <laughs> Standing uh, basically two feet away from the basket, he actually launched it 
way too high up and over. Chucky Hepburn did that on a jumper in, in the middle of the lane too, where he tried to float one over the defender and it just landed, uh, missed the bucket by two feet and, and landed on the ground in, or landed on the court in front of it. But it was a, just a hard game. Scoring points was like pulling teeth. The only guy who had a reasonably good game was Jordan Davis. I know. Um, I know there were some other guys who had like like solid think, games considering their bench guys. I think Klesman, I'll kick it to you. Yeah, I was gonna say. So I was at the game. Klesman didn't do a ton in the stat sheet, but in the second half alone, I counted is either four or five times when Klesman either cut or drove to the lane or drove to the hoop. He got fouled. Now the first two or three times it happened, no one really noticed because it wasn't bonus or anything. Um, But the next couple of times, you know, he shot a couple of free throws. There was a couple of times where him driving set up a kick out and a rotation to a three. So I'm hoping and I'm very confident that, you know, they'll see that in the game in the game film and be like, all Max Lesman did was come around, you know, that top curl or that screen and just went down hard the lane and good things happened. And to be fair, you know, like you said, there's a lot of missed layups. So we had guys, Chucky and Wall in particular, they were getting to the rim. I I almost wonder if they like they got to their spot a little too easy and all of a sudden they realized like, oh wow, like I can just like shoot it over the guy. And another is an excuse to miss as many as they did. Um I know for a fact that both Hepburn and Wall can dunk. So oh, yeah. I was a little concerned. I'm like, why don't you guys just dunk it? After <laughs> yeah. all the first four bunny misses, I'm like, just dunk it. It is. I don't know if Hepburn can dunk over someone, which we would have had to do a couple of times. Uh, but you would like to see Wall and Crowell also be a little more aggressive toward the rim. Uh, right I'm- side, they got a week from today until they play Dayton in the battle for Atlantis. And while Dayton's a good team, I think they're ranked uh, 21, 22, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I This is, this is going to be a, a game that gives us a good barometer for what what the season could be. If we hang with Dayton or beat them, it's going to be like, all right, like what we were kind of hoping this team could. Game you know, on. Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe not win the Big Ten, but you know, be a top four team. If we go into this, this game against Dayton and we kind of get our, our brakes beaten off, it might be like, ooh. This might be more of a struggle than we thought. Um, to be fair, I think had like let's also be very clear with this Green Bay game last night. We were up almost 20 points in the first half. And then the team just came out flat. Now, no excuse for that. Like you can't do that. It doesn't matter how bad of a team Green Bay is. There's also a very good chance had we beaten Green Bay last night by 30, I think a lot of people would be more optimistic. So I think we'll see if last night was kind of a I test would- for what's going to co- come or if it was just an off night. I will provide a counterpoint to that. Um, they Let's built that big lead in about a six-minute time span. I think I, I'm it was like second half of the of the first half. Yeah, yeah. They, they over over like a, a very short period of time, they all of a sudden scored a bunch of buckets, and and Green Bay couldn't hit the broadside of a barn from three last night. They had two threes out of like thirty-three that they took. But the first thing that struck me was none of the players on Wisconsin's team looked like they wanted to be out there. Everyone just looked dead. They looked tired. Brian Butch, who was doing commentary, even commented, he said they looked tired. They just don't look like they have any energy at all. I don't know if the team was sick. Maybe they got the flu, 
but it was just very alarming to me to see how disinterested they were in the game. They just didn't really, there was not a lot of fire. There were a lot of heads hanging as they kept missing shots. And it was simply by the fact that Green Bay is just such a bad team. They had no one who could match up with Stephen Crowell. Not a soul on their team could match up with Stephen Crowell. And Stephen Crowell played very, very soft basketball last night. He still had nine rebounds because he couldn't help it. He's seven feet tall. And the guy who was guarding him was six foot eight for most of the game. Yeah. Um, but the, the number of, of misses of layups, they actually honestly shot really well from three. Oh yeah. They've been over. I think to, compared I think to how they sh- shot at the basket. I know against South Dakota, they were over 40%. Last night they were over 40%. They were not over 40% against Stanford. Against Stanford. No. They're shooting but, the ball well this year overall but uh yeah overall from distance where there was an emphasis on we have to shoot it better from distance but you also have to make your layups and your shots in the basket i do not think last night was a gonna be a what's i'm looking for it's not gonna be a common theme knock on wood i do think though i'm assuming today's practice was was tough was a lot of fundamentals was, Unless was everyone's physical. sick and then they just <laughs> take the yeah, day, off, day off, guys, go get better, have some orange. It is, it is something they, they you can't do that against like anyone in the Big Ten. If you shoot Yo. as poorly as they did, <laughs> and to be fair, the refs did let the guys play quite a bit, especially in the first half. Still not an excuse. So uh that, still three and we got yeah, an exciting tournament still, next week. They're still three and We'll see what happens in Battle for Atlantis. Ah, basketball also did sign their um, three recruits for the class of 2023. Uh, Gussie Alden being the headliner there, followed by Nolan Winter and uh, John Blackwell. Um, of those three, probably the biggest uh, uh, fist pump recruiting win will be Nolan Winter, who is, a, a as we've talked about before, is a Minnesota legacy, was supposed to be a, a, a lead pipe lockdown cinch to go to Minnesota and Wisconsin just wore him down and wore him down. And he's, he's going to be a badger and hopefully a very, very good one. There's a lot to like there in the long term. right now. He's very, very skinny. Um, so we'll see how that, how that turns out. Now we move on to football and we want to start off with um, some very tragic news two tragedies that have happened to um two former badgers uh the first and 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 i don't want to say one tragedy is bigger than the other but uh former badger wide receiver devin chandler uh was shot and killed by a former teammate along with two other uh university of virginia teammates uh and two other teammates besides that were critically injured um, another mass shooting at a at a university. Um, I, I don't know how the Virginia football team completes the season in any sort of, of reasonable capacity. Uh, Devin Chandler, for anyone who doesn't remember, was a class of 2020 recruit. Um, he, re- he returned uh, kicks and, and punts with some promise for the Badgers at the end of that 2020 season. And then and during the 2021 season, he transferred just because he didn't like his prospects of getting any, any chances to get the football um, on offense in, in a run-heavy offense. But again, um, 
you know, no ill will towards someone who's trying to improve their position in football. That being said, um, you know, this one, this one was a real gut punch. Uh, you know, 20, 20 year old kids should not be getting shot on a, on a bus, on a, on a trip. And that's what wound up happening to Devin Chandler. And we don't know all the circumstances behind it, but it's still a tragedy. And uh, of course, thoughts and prayers go out to, to his family, to his teammates, uh, his friends, um, just a, just an awful loss. Uh, Will, anything to add to that? You, you mentioned, you know, not knowing how to finish your season. I think I, I did see they're going to, they canceled their game this weekend. Mm-hmm. And you know you, you you can't imagine what that it's gotta be like for that campus in Virginia for those players those students, um, yeah just uh, it's a tragedy. Coming right on the heels of of uh, four students at the University of Idaho being found uh, knifed to death in their in, in, in at that school that was just like a double whammy uh, happened within twelve hours of each other that those were reported so. Jeez. Huge tragedy on college campuses in this last week. Uh, the other tragedy that we want to report, Brent Moss um, has passed away. Sounds like from, uh, I believe, kidney failure. Uh, was receiving dialysis treatment and just finally his body gave up the ghost. Um, gone way too young. Uh, he was only... I believe he was, I don't have his exact age in front of me, but I believe he I think was, I heard 50. Yeah, he was in his 50s. Um, again, you know, he was, when you talk about classic Badgers, Brent Moss wasn't the greatest running back at the University of Wisconsin, but he was the one who started the, the tradition of, of good running backs under Barry Alvarez and proceeding out from there. He was the first one. Uh, ran for over a thousand yards uh, during the Rose Bowl season of 93. Um, really the the epitome of just a tough slashing running back. He never, he wasn't incredibly speedy. He wasn't, he, there were no physical attributes of his that, <clears throat> excuse me, stuck out. But wasn't, just a, wasn't an his incredible competitor. The, wasn't his nickname the Alley Cat? Yeah, he that. just, he was, he was a, he was a street fighter as a running back. You know, he just, he got what he, what he could and just through sheer effort i mean he averaged like five over five yards a carry over his career he was pa- famously paired with <clears throat> excuse me with terrell fletcher mm-hmm. and um you know terrell fletcher sent out sent out a, a tweet you know acknowledging that they had a they had a connection to each other and how, what a tragedy that was. Again, another another former Badger gone way, way, way too soon. So our again, our thoughts and prayers to to his uh, family and friends. And um, uh, we're gonna we're, we'll pour out a little bit of the beer we're drinking right now for you, Brent. Because keep 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 rushing in that uh, great uh, Badger heaven in the sky. <sighs> All right, let's move on to. Um, a little bit happier well it's the football team so it's, it's we'll move on to we'll move on to less stressful news let me let me put it that way um wisconsin is coming off an, an interesting last two weeks uh first of all they beat maryland on uh, two weekends ago in a what i can only describe as a semi-monsoon that game was uh, gross 
it was it was incredibly crappy weather uh will you were there was it as bad as it yeah. as it looked it's cold it was raining i luckily you know i had a rain jacket and waterproof pants so i was relatively okay but you know you look the whole the whole stadium was partially full from from the get-go and i i don't blame people like that was just <laughs> Ugh. In terms of football games where you want to showcase your campus and, and you know, how it. great everything is, these were not the weather conditions to do it. And no I way. mean, this is, it's been a weird November for weather conditions. Um, but uh, yeah, as we speak, I think Central and Western Michigan are playing a game in a raging snowstorm. Snowstorm, yeah. Uh, so it, it, in terms of like, official visitors who will who will talk a little bit about um later on this was not the game you wanted to bring them in for because it was going to be an ugly game uh wisconsin managed to win that one 23 to 10 and everything looked great in terms of like you know you expected graham mertz to not have a great day throwing the football and in fact no one had a great day throwing the football for either team talia tagavailoa until the last drive of the game did not do anything and Wisconsin's defense was very good. The offensive line, they rushed for over 200 yards. As you would expect, both Isaac Garendo and Braylon Allen went over 100 yards. It was an expected win. We didn't score as many points as we wanted to in terms of, <clears throat> in terms of the uh, final uh, score. But they scored enough to make it look good. Um, Nate Van Zelst uh, had... The poor guy, he did manage to kick um, three field goals. He had a terrible miss on a fourth, but honestly, uh, it looked like the wind just took that ball and flung it to the side. Uh, he, he hit it in such a manner, it hooked, and there was no natural way you can hook that ball in, in that direction. It literally went from one goal post to the other goal post as it was in the air. So it may have been a miss hit, but the wind just made it absolutely, you know, horrible conditions to do anything that was the good the bad came uh last saturday against iowa uh prior to the iowa game wisconsin got the best news it could possibly get purdue beat illinois which meant that if illinois lost this next weekend to michigan wisconsin could win out and win the big 10 west once again, second year in a row, Wisconsin had had a terrible start and yet was in a position to take control of the Big Ten West and at least make it to the Big Ten title game. What their chances were there, probably not great. But to just go there would be an accomplishment. And Wisconsin went out and laid an absolute egg against Iowa. Uh, the defense was outstanding. Number one, as you would expect against an Iowa offense, is one of the worst in all of college football. Uh, they just they they didn't give up anything that they shouldn't have. And the Wisconsin offense returned the favor by being the worst offense I've seen yet this year, and we've seen some bad offensive games from Wisconsin. Uh, the play calling was predictable. The rushing attack was non-existent. The offensive line was horrible um penalties uh failure to get any push off the line of scrimmage iowa's defense is great iowa has a legitimately great defense this year i think they've probably got by my count seven to eight nfl players on their 
on their defense right now uh, starting. And that's just starting. They've got probably three or four or five more future NFL players who are backups. So they have a really good defense. But Wisconsin put forth no offensive production at all. Graham Mertz had an awful game. Uh, he did throw a 51-yard touchdown pass to Keontas Lewis that kept the game close at halftime, but he threw a pick six. Uh, he could, he overthrew receivers a ton. Uh, I think he finished with two picks in that game and one touchdown. It wasn't an unrecoverable performance, but it was just, on top of everything else, it was so bad. They needed Graham Mertz to step up, and once again, in a high-pressure situation, Graham Mertz didn't step up. So, Will, um, I want to get your thoughts uh, on that Iowa game. The Maryland game was was satisfactory for the conditions they were playing in. I don't think we really need to talk too much about that one anymore. But the Iowa game was really kind of an eye-opener as to where the program is. What were your thoughts? Yeah, the like you said, defense was good. Great, fantastic, whatever. Like they, Nick Herbie, they for the three most- sacks. Yeah, they didn't let the Iowa running game take control. They, they're, the Iowa running game was looking pretty good the last couple of weeks. We didn't let them do anything there. The Iowa passing game, really, the, that you can't really point any success with they did either. There was no go-to guy. There was pressure on uh, Spencer Petrus. Petrus, 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 under, under siege that whole game. <sighs> there, were, geez, there were plays where Keanu Benton, Seemingly just threw their center aside. I thought Rodas Johnson had a good game. There was a play uh, thought, in that thought, game where there was a play in that game where Keanu Benton, you know, blew right past him and tackled the running back for a three-yard loss. And the guy ran back into the play, and you could see him just he was totally defeated. His head was down as, as the running back was being tackled. Keanu Benton was a monster. But anyway, I'm sorry, go back to what you're saying. I, I thought this might have been the best game our middle linebackers had all season. I thought Turner and Muma played very well. There was a handful of times where I said we're moving perfect flow, meet the running back and the whole, like I, you can go on and on and on. I thought the defense played really well. And like you said, offensively, geez, like, like you think about last year's team, we got to a point where like, Hey, our defense is good. Let's just run the ball. Tell Graham, you're not allowed to throw an interception and we'll just go from yep. there. And we'll we won what seven straight, six straight last year. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't do that against Iowa. Like they're, Jeez, their defensive line is so good. That, that Van Ness guy isn't even a starter. Yeah. Lucas what? Van Ness, for those of you who don't know, is He's considered in their to be a rotation. top 20 NFL pick right now as a redshirt sophomore, and he's a backup. He's good. Yeah. Anyway, there is just, you know, I almost think if, even though we couldn't run the ball that well, I think about if we could have just hold our offense, don't just don't turn the ball over. Don't make any plays that are so awful. You're like, well, yeah, we're screwed there. So think about that pick six. Like we take that play off the books. You know, even Mercer's second interception, they didn't even score off that. So yeah. Um, not the, saying it's the other thing we're not, the other thing we're not mentioning is how bad the special teams were. Yeah. And if we, you don't get a pump blocked. You don't give their guy a 30, whatever yard return inside 43 the three yard return. 40, by Cooper Dijon. And they get him inside the 30 or 25, whatever it is. Like, I don't think I will ever had longer than a, anything longer than a 30 or 35 yard drive. 
It was 12 and 18 were the yardage on their two scoring drives. And then they had the pick six and a field goal on top of that. So literally you just, you tell your special teams and your offense, don't give them points. And we did. And we, yeah, we did. So it, maybe I shouldn't be doing this because it's making me like even more frustrated looking back on it. It, uh, Man, it's shocking that our that our offense and special teams were that disappointing. What's what's happening over the course of this season is that all the things that we were hoping that Paul Christ was going to fix in the offseason have all basically turned to ash in our mouths. Uh, the running back, we hired Al Johnson to be the running backs coach. Everyone thought, you know, Badger legacy. Okay, this makes sense. It's comfortable. He's been a head coach. I know he hasn't coached running backs. Wisconsin's running backs have not been as good this year as they were last year. Not even close. Uh, the offensive line, everyone thought, hey, moving Bob Bostad back to the offensive line, that'll fix everything. He'll add a little bit more edge. No, it hasn't. Uh, the offensive line has been beset by injuries, ineffective play, penalties. To be fair, their best game of the season came against Maryland, where essentially the Maryland defense had to know we're just going to be running it all game. And it didn't matter. We ran it down their throat for 278. Yeah, but then they went, then they, then they but went then, to yeah, Iowa right. and laid an egg. We had combined, I think we had like 60 yards rushing. What, 50? Yeah. It wasn't. It was, it was, it was bad. And then combine yeah. that with the Illinois game where we had two yards rushing. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a horror show. And the, the lack of development on the offensive line, the, the, inability of receivers to to um be schemed open or to have simple pass plays the inability of graham mertz to to develop anything other than a you know he's looked great against mediocre to bad teams but against good teams he's helpless and i saw oh go ahead and you know on top of all of that the penalties the penalties are just killed us the the bad turnovers at bad times the awful special teams play after he moved Chris Herring, who's probably the most one of the most hated men in Wisconsin right now, from special teams where he was so bad to tight ends who've not been good this year either. Now, granted, also they've had a lot of injuries, injuries. Yeah. but um, they haven't been great either. So, and saying, you know what, I'm going to spread out the special teams duties amongst many coaches. Well, that didn't work either. Uh, in fact, they're, uh, they're arguably just as bad uh, if not worse which so, is kind of a bummer because we have a really good punter yeah andy and Voinovich, the, this is his last year so if next year we have he, to hopefully have to he takes a COVID new punter year. no COVID year that dude no why not he can't this is his COVID year mm, sure this is fifth year no nope, no nope, this is his COVID yeah. year we're last done with bummer. andy Voinovich is done after this year our jacked punter will be no more that's a bummer yeah it really is oh so, it's just, it's, it's, you know, and bringing in Bobby Engram and, and Bobby Engram's the first time offensive coordinator. And you know what, if we were a bad team before, and we were just trying to figure it out, I'd say Bobby Engram's got time, but this is an offense that worked enough last year to get nine wins. And it's just, it's been way up and down and, and, and over and sideways. It got Paul Christ fired. So I don't really know if any of the offensive staff have earned their paychecks this year, Alvis Witted has the wide receivers coach. The receivers have been markedly better this year than they were last year. And that's a lot of that can be credited to, to Alvis Witted because these are mostly his players now. 
Um, I don't, I, for Jim Leonard, I don't think this really affects what we get from Jim Leonard going forward. I, you would agree with that, right? Well, yeah, I don't think this one game really does anything. Uh, on the flip side, I think had they gone in and won it convincingly, like, I probably would have been think, the nail, that, the yeah, nail in the I don't coffin think, in terms of getting him the job. I don't think the loss takes anything away from his chances. It just, uh, I thought Leonard was essentially going to be a shoe in. And then I spoke with a friend of mine, no connections to UW football that is, but he has experience coaching and being in a, like working in athletic um, administration at the high school and college level. And he's not convinced that Leonard's going to be the guy. He, he thinks that McIntosh wants to hire someone that's quote unquote, his guy, a big name. That's not a big name. Just someone that like he picks Hmm. that, you know, that wasn't already here that he can do his own. So there have been rumblings all season since Paul Chris was fired about Dave Aranda, um, who is Baylor's head coach. And as we all know, was Wisconsin's defensive coordinator for three seasons, including Paul Chris first. Jim Leonard statistically has had better defenses than Dave Aranda did. But you cannot ignore the fact that Dave Aranda has been a successful head coach at a school in Baylor, which is not top of the list for most Texas players. And Dave Aranda just brings a certain cachet with him wherever he goes. Um, When he went to LSU as their defensive coordinator, that was that was a big deal. And he won a national championship as their defensive coordinator. So, you know, Jim Leonard seemed like a shoe in and he's still the prohibitive favorite as of now but last week before the iowa game he felt like a shoe in you know it was it was all there in front of him and the the badgers just went out and they laid an egg and yeah. i don't know that you can blame it on jim leonard yeah i still but, i still think he should be the guy he has mentioned in interviews how they got to change things up player development wise they got to change things up you know execution and accountability wise and you hear those things and those are very big general words and phrases and i'm sure a lot of people can hear that and go okay well yeah sure whatever he's also someone that you know we everyone knows player assistant coach i'm sure he is looking at the way things are done right now he's just like shaking his head thinking to himself we can do this better like we can do this differently and i just i quickly want to want to segue into that before we talk about nebraska um just chris mcintosh when he when he announced the firing of Paul Christ. He said, we can do better. We want to be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you look at this hire, if he's going to hire Jim Leonard, he'd better make a budget available for Jim Leonard to hire the very best assistant coaches he can. I don't say the best assistant coaches there are that he can get. Right. And I don't care if they're Wisconsin legacies anymore. That used to mean something to me, but the, the program culture thing has kind of been flushed down the toilet the last two years. I think, especially with the offensive line and everything, I feel like there's almost become a comfort level with players who like, if I underachieve, it's okay because we're a big family and, you know, I'll still, you know, get support. And I feel like they need to, you know, someone needs to push them. And we need to sort of sort out who's really here to play football and who came here to be comfortable. I think in the end, you, you would prefer it to be a Wisconsin legacy. Like that's great. You would, right. You would, if they can get a Wisconsin legacy, who's a really great coach, Aaron Henry. um, I think you, you go for that. But um, at the same time, I just, I want guys who can, you know, who on a personal note, I want guys who can recruit 
at a division at a, at a top 25 FBS level. And I also want guys who are just, who are good coaches at player development. Yeah. And those don't have to necessarily be mutually exclusive, but I don't know. We'll see, but it, it really hinges. If he's going to hire Jim Leonard, he's got to open up the, the UW administration has to open up the checkbook for the athletic department and the athletic department has to spend some money on assistant coaches, on facilities, on just a general upgrade of the vision of the UW program, because UW already has enough handicaps as it is without, you know, also being one of the stingiest programs in the big 10. Luckily facilities should hopefully be approved soon, but Chris McIntosh did unveil the the new um, practice facility, which is, which looks stupendous and is, has been long called for. It'll be Uh, state of the art for about three months until Ohio state updates theirs again. Well, yeah, but I mean, we're not trying to keep up with Ohio state at this point. (laughs) That's a fool's errand. Will, that's a fool's right. errand. You're right. You're right. So should we, we move kind of on? Money. Should we move on to Nebraska? Yes, let's let's move on to Nebraska. Okay. Uh, the Badgers, I believe, are favored by double digits in this game. Thirteen or thirteen and a half, I think. Is the yeah, which up. which mystifies me. I'm like, Nebraska's not dead unless Casey Thompson can't play. I and also he, think it's like their second string. I think is still hurt too. Um, who got? So they, did they lose Logan Smothers? Could have sworn they had the because Casey Thompson didn't start the last game, and the quarterback that did start the last game got injured. I okay, that's that's news to me. Uh, I have right. not in the last five days. I've not kept up much with Badger football. I've been more interested in the other sports that are actually doing something this year. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but if that's true, and they're down to like um, either Logan Smother now Logan Smothers almost beat Wisconsin last year. So if it's Logan Smothers, I'm a little worried. But if it's Chubba Purdy, who has looked god-awful in the opportunities he's been given, I have hope because that offense is, is abysmal without Casey Thompson. If Casey Thompson starts, all bets are off. Because the Nebraska, spread. Oh, go ahead. Nebraska's defense is actually pretty decent now under um, new defensive coordinator Bill Bush, who – Badger fans will remember as a former member of Dave Aranda's um, defensive staff at Wisconsin. But um, yeah, their, their offense is, is just miserable without, you want to talk about a bad offensive line. Wisconsin's offensive line looks like a Goliath compared to Nebraska's. Um, they have not had a good year from their offensive line. So I'm very curious to see uh, who's going to start at quarterback. Cause that's going to entirely depend that's going to entirely determine how this game turns out. I think Wisconsin defensively can handle the, the talent quote unquote, that is on Nebraska's offense. I just, my only worry is the, is Wisconsin's offense doing what they did last week, um, committing turnovers, not being able to run the football. It's not like Nebraska has got a bunch of stiffs on defense. A lot of those kids have been starting for two, three years now. So I'm going to be very curious to see how they play. And it's at Nebraska to boot. By the way, I will be at that Nebraska game. So if you see a bunch of, see a bunch of tweets from the Bucky cast or from me on my personal account, that's why. So Will, what are, what's your prediction for this game? What's my, are we doing all the way out to predictions or just are we going why we think Wisconsin can win? 
let's just let's let's work that into our predictions okay um you know i you one thing i am optimistic about with this team and excited about is is our defense they is despite the frustration i felt last week watching the iowa game man their defense looked good you know yeah. and they looked good against maryland and those two offenses could not be any further apart in terms of scheme so i'm looking at this nebraska game <laughs> and as you mentioned their offensive line isn't great i feel like our pass rush is with nick herbig our pass rush is tough i think other guys have stepped it up the last couple of weeks so you, i think you got to give them credit there if Isaiah so, Mullins can start and Gio Piaz can play, then Wisconsin's defensive line gets much, much better. Yeah, with that depth, that could be, that could be, yeah, that could be, that'd be nice. Considering the Badgers who couldn't throw a healthy safety on the field, um, we got three at the beginning of fall camp. Uh, now have three starting caliber safeties and other guys who can play in a pinch. Uh, Wisconsin. I, I'm not worried about the Nebraska offense versus Wisconsin defense that the Wisconsin offense versus Nebraska's defense is what frightens me. The special teams are washed because both teams have terrible special teams. So I don't really. Will, what do you, what do you, what do you think? What's, what's your appraisal here? Well, so I just think like with our offense, it, what it comes down to, I think, is just how much does this game rest on Graham Mercer's shoulders, you know? And what's nuts is if you would have asked me that question a week or two ago, I would have been like, yeah, I'm I'm confident in our guy. And I'm more confident than last year by far. But after that Iowa game last year, I'm just like, man, like, that's not – like, you're a redshirt junior. This is your fourth year here. I would have – it would have been nice to see some more uh, more playmaking. So – you know, geez, I think the uh, play it safe Wisconsin fan in me says, hey, let's let our defense make plays. Offense will turn the ball over and let's, I don't know, win by seven or ten and get out of there. If if Graham Mertz can put together a couple nice drives through the air and if our offensive line can look much better than it did last week, this could be a game where, you know, similar to like that Purdue game or the Maryland game, we could be winning by, you know, 13 to 17 points. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Ooh. I'm going to say that the good Wisconsin team shows up for this one. Wisconsin's owned Nebraska um, almost entirely since they joined the Big Ten. And this is the first, I, I believe the 2020 game was canceled. So this is the first time Wisconsin has played at Nebraska since 2018. So it's been four was that, years. Was that, was 2018 the game winning? No. 2018 was when Jonathan Taylor ran all over him. I think 2016 yeah. was the game winner from uh, Rafael Gaglianoni. Uh, so we're going to see. I mean, Nebraska's been eliminated from bowl contention. They are now three and seven. So even to be considered for a bowl, if you, um, you know, if you finish with five wins, which I think shouldn't be a thing, but if you finish with five wins, um, they have to win out their next two games. And I, frankly, their chances against Iowa, even with how bad Iowa's offense Man. is, are, are, are miserable. And Wisconsin, I think, is a didn't show it. Um, their poise is worse than Iowa, but I think they're a better team overall than Iowa, still even with that loss. So 
I mean, I, I just, I can't pick against the Badgers when they're playing Nebraska until Nebraska shows that that's a bad decision. And especially because I'm going to be there and I don't want to see a crappy game. I'm going to go, I'm going to say uh, uh, 35-17 Wisconsin. All right. I'm going to pick them to cover. That's fair. And, you know, I think at least 10 of Nebraska's points out of that 17 are going to be scored by their defense and special teams. <laughs> because that's, yeah, how, the... that's how we roll nowadays. Jeez. Well, I am, I am starting to lose my voice, so we're going to skip right over to the forward segment. Um, sickness is running rampant through, uh, through my household, so we'll see. We'll see if I make it to Nebraska. But, um, Will, what are you looking forward to this week? <laughs> we'll have to think about it. You know, uh, you don't know. I was going to say the battle for Atlantis, but I'll say that for the next week's show. I, you know, I'm looking forward to see how, you know, this team can respond after last week's disappointing loss. You know, I'm not going to say anything specifically. I just, I want to see, you know, you had some momentum after that Michigan staking, put together two nice wins, and then you just fall flat. Let's see what they can do, you know, on a quick turnaround. What's Nick Herbig at for sacks? Uh, this oh, geez. I think he's at 11, if I'm not mistaken. I, say, I, thought it was, I thought it was 11 and a half, but let me. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure he's in double digits already. Yeah. Depending on who Nebraska starts at quarterback, if it's Logan Smothers, he's hard to tackle. The dude's slippery. You're um, right. He's at 11. Yeah. Jeez. So um, if they start either Chubba Purdy or Casey Thompson, I want to see Nick Herbig get another three sacks because I That'd think be it's cool. possible. I think it's entirely possible. Uh, but, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to. Now, I may be disappointed, but I'm going to be there. Um, I, I briefly considered sneaking in some, some Badger helium balloons. And, you know, if the Badgers on their first score, I was just going to release them from under my coat. But I feel like that would, that would probably get me thrown out of the stadium. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. Maybe someday in the future. Maybe someday in the future. Maybe. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how the Badger defense handles this Nebraska offense. If they don't have a quarterback, they won't have anything. They just don't have the, the level of talent outside of wide receiver Trey Palmer. They just don't have any talent that really scares you on offense. So, on that note... Folks, we're going to call it a day. I know this was a longer uh, podcast, but we had a lot to cover. So on uh, behalf of the Bucky cast, uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good Peace one, out. everyone.